Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Miss. That's the most normal we've ever done that. Yeah, to be honest, I feel a bit sick of how plain we are in this episode. Can this episode be the one where we don't have any fuck-ups or uh, we don't mess around or anything like that? That's just a normal, nice myth where we don't talk about anything dark, nothing weird, or, you know, just, just, just less just banter. nice banter, friendly conversation. And let's start this podcast off. With the documentary we watched last yeah, night. Um, what was it about, Dan? Um, very light-hearted. Very, very, very family-friendly. Very family-friendly. Very easy watch. Very, very, you know, it's entertaining. Entertaining, yeah. The uh, yeah story of Joseph Fritzl. The story of a monster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Because I'm not sure if you know much about Dan and I, but we are like, quite... The Love a documentary. I was going to say the party animals, but... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so we do, We love documentaries. In fact... We literally watch a documentary on anything. Yes, and we test that theory out. Because <laughs> we watched a... Uh, a documentary about plant amoebas. All right. You say that as a joke, but I was like, yeah, I'll check that out. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be called? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no. There actually... I will, I'm a sucker for just learning facts, so I'll learn anything. Because... As much as we like to put a facade up, um, Dan and I are actually like interested in intellectual things every now and then. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but did you enjoy the documentary? Uh, yeah, I found it interesting. Uh, we, I certainly came out of it knowing more about Joseph Fritzl than I went into it. You know the actual story of how he did yeah. it and blah 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 blah. This is not. This is not. For those who don't know, he imprisoned his own daughter and had several babies with them with her while she was yeah. locked in the cell. One of the darkest. Uh, stories in the 21st century yeah. and uh, late 20th century as well uh, but yeah it's one of those things where it was like we, we both kind of like should we watch this we don't know uh, and we both kind of just we both it, we just wanted to see what it was like because uh, we didn't really know that much and so yeah. we thought we'd get a bit of an insider view kind of thing the but, thing the documentary really highlights and they have lots of interviews with his friends and family um, was I couldn't understand how he got away with it for so long yeah, and like, what was it twenty five years? Twenty four years. Twenty four years. She was locked in the and cellar. And the thing is, he's the worst person. He has the worst excuses in the world as well. He's so bad at like criminal activity. And there was a lot of creepy, a lot of things that happened in hindsight that we now know happened because she was in the cellar. Yeah. But at the time, people didn't. You would never. And I appreciate what these guys were saying. His friends and family. You never ever. You would never fathom that that's what's going on. No, it never no, even. No. It's, it's like it doesn't even possess. No, you know so I mean? he actually rented out a lot of the rooms in his. Yeah, he apartment. had like several apartments, didn't he? Above the house, he basically owned the whole building, didn't he? Yeah. And didn't they say over the course of twenty four years there was up to a hundred people li- living in that property? It, it, yes, because exactly. it was like lots of it was a block of flats basically. And there was one guy who had a dog in his apartment, and his um, was the one directly above where we now the know cellar. the cellar was, and. and he would. Uh, they had this guy on an interview, and basically the um, the guy was like, "Oh, well, my dog would keep on like scratching at the wood floors, and they could start barking when no at one." At like was two, around. three a.m. in the morning, when and there's like, no one around. That's yeah. also the most creepy thing. The whole document. Well, the whole thing was awful, but like just that the fact that creepy, the yeah. dog could literally sense. Like, the dog knew there were people down there. Yeah. 
And what's really creepy about that is the fact that that man genuinely felt terrible, didn't he? That he'd never, yeah. in hindsight, he's like, it's so obvious that the dog was, and he should have questioned that. But you just don't in the moment. You'd never be like, oh, it's because there's probably someone locked under the house. Yeah. You'd just be like, oh, stop barking. I'm trying to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole thing was really strange. But that's how Dan and I like to spend time together. We like to watch creepy documentaries because uh, uh, that's, that's how we bond. That's how we bond. Do you reckon we have a stronger friendship now since watching that documentary? I think we do, yeah. Uh, I yeah. do love, love, love a documentary. What's, it, what's one of your favourite documentaries? Favourite documentary? Well, Blue Planet, um, like Planet Earth, of course, just as a, yeah. as a, as a spectacle. Um, Attenborough fan. Yeah, love it. Um, I enjoyed that Civilizations documentary they recently Ooh, is did. Is that with Mary Beard? Yeah. I'm talking just, just general documentaries yeah. on TV. Um, BBC Four do some crackers about like Egypt and things like that. Yeah. Um, I watched a very good one on Tutankhamun recently. But I think in terms of Netflix, The Staircase is very oh, good. Oh, Staircase is amazing. The staircase is amazing. Evil Genius is Evil great. Evil Genius is very good. Um, I've been listening... That Amanda, the Amanda Knox one's very good too. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've just been listening to um, Serial recently as well, as I mentioned on a couple of podcasts. And the first series is really amazing because she really gets into depth about the... Um, the killer case yeah. you would love that yeah. Icarus is also very good I'd recommend you watch that I thought you genuinely meant the myth like oh yeah that Icarus <laughs> episode 3 was great wasn't it yeah, yeah. that's not a documentary Dan uh, yeah no Icarus the documentary aptly named of course because of the myth oh the documentary of course about people that do they don't and Icarus of course flew too close to the sun so I see what they're doing there did right uh, I might be about how, how far are you willing to go before you fall I might be flying a little bit. I might be Icarus here. I might be, uh, you know, getting above myself here. But did they actually quote our podcast on that documentary? Going, oh, who is Icarus? Well, check out Lee's funny fellas. Yeah, not word for word, but it was implied. <laughs> Some mystery podcast figures <laughs> who talk about sleeping in their cars. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, um, yeah, I I think. Usually we're a bit more jovial at the start of podcast, but nah, I just talk about Do the individual. Anyway, uh, Matt. But um, yeah, we're going to the jingle, and we're going to explain what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, aren't we, Dan? We are. Hey there, my name's Matt Huss, and in this link I have an American accent, and I advocate the safe use of Miss Podcasts. In small doses. Okay, um, welcome to Miss, by the way. Uh, I'm not sure, it's not It's not like all killer no filler podcast, we're not going to talk about... Uh, rapists and murderers all day well actually maybe we might do maybe we might do all myth we're doing yeah. <laughs> um, anyway uh, welcome to the podcast I hope you're having a nice time um, in case you don't know what we do uh, we talk about myths uh, and today we have a big one don't we Dan that's probably copyright actually Thank God that wasn't episode four trumpet though. No, <laughs> that would have been copyright. <laughs> um, so um, we are doing um, a myth that Dan and I don't really know that well. Uh, and to be honest, I've kind of kept a distance from this, not intentionally, but I've never really come across it. And this we're doing Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, it's a big boy myth today. Yes. However, it's not just for today, is it, Dan? No, because it's a big one. It's a big one, and we're going to make this into three parts. Three parts. Three parts. And we are... Uh, so obviously, with Hercules, it was a two-parter, so this is going to be our longest series, and we have more information at the end of 
this and going forward. But uh, so this is going to be three parts, and uh, at the end we always rank uh, each section of the myth. So uh, uh, instead of ranking the whole myth as a whole, we're going to be ranking uh, each third in the myth as we go along. Isn't that correct? Dan? Correct. Is I can unofficially verify that is correct. Good. And uh, Dan, do you know much about Jason? Uh, no. Don't you think Jason sounds like a very, like, you know, in the mythical, uh, in myths, there's such a fantastical name to Theseus and Pe- uh, like, uh, Perseus and uh, Pegasus and just Jason. Jason. You know, Jason. Jason. From downtown, you know, just, he's a working lad, you know? Yeah, he's a working lad. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... I think this is going to be a big one, and I think uh, it's, going to, it's going to be up there. It's going to be one of the bigger. Uh, well, I've heard of Jason the Argonauts a lot. Obviously, there's a famous movie. There's, yeah, but never, never really know what it that does. That '60s movie where yeah. it's very grainy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, I've never watched it, and so I'm going to find out what's happened today. So this is brand new for both of us. Hopefully, it's brand new for you. And we're going to crack on uh, with part one of Jason and the Argonauts. Okay, part one. So let's find out who Theseus. Uh, uh, who the, no, no. <laughs> let's find out who Jason is. Okay. As with most heroic epics, the destiny of the hero seems to have been spun by the fates before he was ever born. This epic tale begins with Azon, the rightful heir to the throne of Ilocus. Are we happy with those pronunciations? Azon, yeah. Azon, the rightful heir to the throne of. I locus. I I is that two I, I or is that two L's? I locus. I can't read that writing. I think it's I locus. I think uh, it's an L. I think it's I locus. Yeah, I locus. Yeah, and uh, go on. So uh, the, the epic tale begins with Aeson, the rightful heir to the throne of Iolocus, and Peleus, the jealous stepbrother. When their father, the king of Iolocus, passed away, Peleus imprisoned Aeson and took the crown for himself. Typical myth, that. Yeah, like they, that's the typical start to a myth. I think we're off to a banger right here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, there's, a good, there's a strong beginning. Always always like um, stepbrothers and dads. And, <laughs> and yeah, it's like... So um, we've got this guy, Aeson, who's the rightful heir to the throne of this place called Ilocus. But Peleus is his jealous stepbrother. And uh, when the king of Ilocus passes away, Peleus has imprisoned his brother and taken the crown for himself. Because why wouldn't you? Um, also, what I don't like about these myths is that they always... It's always a jealous stepbrother who always wants to take the crown. Can't you just be a jealous stepbrother who's like, he's just a bit miffed off on the holidays, you know? That, that's, I, I, there's so much effort that goes into treachery in these myths. Can't you just be a bit more normal and just be, like, just be passive-aggressive uh, at Christmas time? You yeah. know what I mean? However, unknown to Peleus, Aeson's wife bore a son named Jason. Averting Jason's certain death at the hand of Peleus... His mother secret secreted him into the cave of Chiron, Chiron. A, wi- Chiron a wise and noble centaur. For 20 years, Chiron schooled Jason in the arts of the ancient world until the time came for him to claim his birthright. So, I've actually uh, mentioned Chiron before. Do you, know, do you remember Chiron? He is either the Lapis or he was the one that Hercules drank wine with. You're on the right track. So, uh, obviously, he's a centaur. He's actually... Well known for being one of the more nicer. Yeah, he's the kindest and the artistic cultured. He's a teacher. He's um. He also uh, raised Achilles as well. Uh, and, Achilles, that's the one. And do you uh, you you're on the right lines? He died um because Hercules had a poison in his sword. He stepped on it. And he accidentally um yeah killed Chiron through that. But yeah, so Chiron is the, probably one of the only centaurs is actually not a barbarian, and he's very. Well, he's 
he's uh, highly renowned for being a kind and giving person as well. So, also, I love the term his mother secreted uh, him into a cave. It's like, is that the right term? So, Peleus has locked his brother up, his stepbrother, and accused the rightful heir to the throne in a dungeon. But she has secretly had a son, and she's obviously worried that Peleus is going to get word of this and murder him, so she sent him off to be raised by the centaur. So whilst this is going on, meanwhile, Peleus, this, Peleus, who by the way is the son of Poseidon... He has a lot of kids, doesn't he? Yeah. Poseidon also Poseidon had a Bellophon yeah, as well. a lot of kids. Jealously guarded his crown. He paid homage to all the gods, but never Hera, queen of the gods. And he consulted the Delphic oracle who prophesied, A hateful doom awaits you to be slain by the hand of the man with but one sandal. <laughs> Imagine knowing you were going to die at the hand of a guy wearing one shoe. I bet he's wearing socks as well. That would be the worst insult. Oh, man. Really? (laughs) A guy with one shoe is going to kill me. Yeah, all right, Oracle. I mean, it's not like this Delphic Oracle has been right any other times, except Uh, for all all the the times. Yeah. (laughs) Do you reckon the Delphic Oracle must have... It must be properly pissed off. No one listens to him. Yeah. Uh, Why you got to be a him? Uh, I believe the Delphic Oracle may be a lady. Um, Well, what's his face, isn't it? The Delphic Oracle is the person that was both boy and girl, right? No, no, no. Uh, that, that's a different person. Uh, Tiresias. He, he was an oracle as well, though, wasn't he? Yes, he was a prophet. However, this is called um, prophetic fallacy, as we mentioned in Tiresias, and we'll mention in the future, like someone like Cassandra, uh, these people who tell the future and go, oh, this is going to happen, but everyone's like, nah, it won't. And it's actually a thing within uh, ancient uh, civilization. It happens quite a lot in a... There's a story of Persian history, and uh, yeah, basically the story of the, these Persian elders are like, oh, be careful of this, and they're like, nah, it's fine, and then it happens, and goes, why didn't you tell us sooner? It's like, well, I did tell you! Like, it's called prophetic fallacy. Anyway, uh, imagine being killed by a man with one sandal, you know? Like, That's what I'm saying. Why, 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 why is it specified a single sandal, though? It, just, it seems very odd. A man in flip-flops comes there to attack you. <laughs> We, uh, we come to Jason's first test. During Jason's return to Iolochus, he encountered a feeble old woman requesting to be carried across the river Anuraras. I'd say Anaris. Anaris. That's the first time you schooled me, Dan. Yeah. Uh, but this is, so this is like the equivalent of helping an old lady across, across the, the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you help me through this river? Uh, not really, it's no bridge. Uh, <laughs> Fortunately, Jason didn't hesitate to transport the old woman because she was actually Queen Hera in disguise. Like, it's nice that on her days off, she's like, ooh, I'll pretend to be a feeble old woman to see if someone's moral or not. Uh, but with Zeus, her husband, just like, all right, turn to the swan and fuck some ladies. You must remember that Hera's the only one that that... that um Peleus hasn't worshipped. Yeah. Which is a bit naughty. Why? why so I feel like that's, that's why she's there. Something's going on. Yeah. But imagine if uh, Jason's like, nah, you're alright, mate. It's like, you might want to, I'm the queen of the gods. Yeah, if you believe so. <laughs> uh, so he helps her across. Hera was testing Jason because she needed a hero to avenge herself from Pelias' scorn. Staggering under her godly weight, Jason lost a sandal in the river, but gained the goddess's favour. Someone's only wearing one sandal. <laughs> but what I like as well is that she, although she has a form of a female old lady, she, she's actually the weight of a god. So he, he picks her up, oh my god, this is heavy! Oh my god, it's like, sorry, you had too many fig rolls! <laughs> uh, so he has, also, does Jason know that she's a goddess? Because 
Imagine if he's really pissed off if they were designer sandals. Like, I've just lost my sandal on the roof because of you. What are you going to do for me? Well, I've got, I'm a goddess, so I'll just help you avenge me. Yeah. yeah. Now, he's actually on his way to that Ilocus anyway, oh. where Peleus is ruling. Mm-hmm. So he's about to... I feel like he's about to turn up in one sandal. Yes. Oh. Prophecy! Jason arrived on Ilocus to claim his throne during a banquet that his King Peleus held in honour of his father, Poseidon. However, King Peleus... Jason's uncle had no intention of relinquishing his rule. Upon seeing Jason wearing a single sandal, Peleus plotted a devious plan to send him on an impossible quest in a faraway land to fetch the magical golden fleece, hoping that he would be lost at sea or among strangers. Jason agreed to his uncle's task, eager to prove that he was worthy to rule a kingdom. Does Jason know what's gone on behind the scenes, i.e. that his dad is imprisoned underneath the... I think so, that's why he's going to claim his throne. Yeah. However, he, Jason is like, right, I'm going there to kill him. And also, I like that in most Greek settings is that they always have to kill and get rid of a king for a banquet out of a public setting. Yeah. You know I mean, that happens in, um, in the Odyssey as well. So, like, can you just do it, just, you know, have a nice talk or something yeah. like that? Um, or in a fit of road rage, like in Oedipus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's kind of weird because Jason goes in there kind of bloodless and ready to get his crown. And then... Um, He's like, actually, mate, can you go on a quest? Fine. But what? He didn't have to agree to that. Just kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he said yes to this. Like, and obviously this is this is similar to Hercules because um, the king in that, I can't remember his name, but the king who was in a jar for a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, jar, 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 king. <laughs> jar, jar, king. <laughs> <laughs> jar, jar, king. Uh, uh, he um, he sent the reason he sent Hercules to do these impossible tasks is so that they would hopefully kill him. You know, however, this is always a rule which happens in Greek mythology, but it never really works. If you know what I mean, why don't you just like get your archers to kill him on the spot? Again, this is another example. Of just kill them straight away. Just kill them straight. Can't we've done we're a lot of myths in, and not one person seems to have killed someone when they needed to. Uh, so, he, but he goes on to find the golden fleece to prove that he's a, uh, a worthy leader. Yeah. But he can't do it alone, can he, Matt? Uh, he can't. But before we get into that, Dan, what's a golden fleece? Uh, a fleece that's golden, I guess. Checking your like the warmest it, fleece in the whole wide world. It'd be very heavy a golden fleece if it was actually like a. If it's actually made of gold, it yeah. wouldn't even be a really be a fleece, either, would it? Just, Just be a gold fleece, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but I do believe that. A fleece is actually like I think it's like shoulder armor, uh, I believe. Oh, it's some kind of armor. So, oh, it's not just it's like a, a fleece. <laughs> yeah, go on the quest to find a woolly jumper. <laughs> uh, Jason needs some heroes to aid in his quest. Jason summoned Argos, the shipbuilder, uh, with the help of Athena, and they constructed the largest and swiftest ship to set sail. The Argo. Now, you're an Aegean boat specialist. How, yes, what, I am. How's the Argo? I mean, is it one of the top top range? Oh, the Argo is primo, mate. It's made... The Gassy Veyron of the ship world. <laughs> it's the creme de la creme, you know. It's uh, Argos, uh, you built it, plus Athena. It's already magical, you know. This is... It's going to be at least 1.5 faster than a normal Aegean Oh, my boat. Jesus. And it's quite a bit bigger as well, isn't it? Which is yeah. even more impressive. So, I reckon... I reckon it can get to any destination... In at least two weeks. Oh my! Any destination. Any destination. Wow! It could be next door. <laughs> yeah, it's like it doesn't matter how big the difference. It, it always takes two weeks. Like even if you've only got to go down the street. <laughs> either, either Africa to Zanzibar, two weeks. Uh, sorry, America to Zanzibar, two weeks, or from uh, Yorkshire to 
of a Yorkshire, you know. Yeah. Yorkshire leads, also two weeks. <laughs> I just got to Zanzibar and, yeah, look, man, I don't decide. I, don't, I, I think you made this, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It always takes two weeks. <laughs> it's like a time, it's to argue a time vessel. Is that what it is? It's like a TARDIS, but very slow. Yeah. Yeah. So they built the Argo, and in her prow was placed a timber from the sacred grove of Zeus at the Doldona that had the power of prophecy. So let me get this straight. A piece of wood has the power of prophecy. Yeah. That's strange. And it's on the ship, so everyone can see the prophecy. But, so, you know, in like modern times, like, uh, where people worry that robots might take over people's jobs. Yeah. Do you reckon that oracles are like, hmm, mm, this piece timber. of wood's going <laughs> to yeah. take over my job, yeah. <laughs> so, with, with the timber in tow, Jason then assembled four dozen of Greece's greatest heroes. That's quite a lot of people, four dozen. Four dozen. How many, uh, we're going to get a mass, so four, well, how much is a four dozen? Four dozen is, well, it's four times 12, so 217. <laughs> Cash tag in the mass. Um, four, 48. <laughs> I like that because you were like, oh, a joke, but I'm not stupid, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets some of the greatest greatest heroes and remember the Caledonian ball we, we had like the Greek Avengers well I think this is actually the better version here because is... guess who comes along to help Jason we have Heracles oh he's a he's a badass yes we have um, you know uh, we have Theseus the slayer of the Minotaur what do you think about him well he's just a cocky little shite isn't he but there's no denial well Everyone claims he's a hero, but everything Theseus has done, he's done either by accident or blagged it. Yeah. So he's not actually... Like, Hercules genuinely, like, I mean, that guy's a hero. I mean, he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's just, just like, I'm a bit out of my depth because I kept making this up as I go well, along. Well, no, he's like the epitome of, like, kind of, like, uh, kind of male privilege. You know, like, yeah, I think I'm awesome. It's like, no, yeah, you've never proved it. Nah, he has a confidence yeah. in it. He has no expertise whatsoever. But, I mean, he did kill the Minus Door, fair play to him. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a little man. <laughs> uh, so there's Hercules, there's Theseus, uh, you have Orpheus, the great poet and musician. Orpheus went to get his wife from the underworld. Yes. And Although, then was told not to turn around and turned around, so shame on him. But also, as I remember, he also died pretty soon afterwards because he was ripped his flesh was ripped. I'm assuming this is before though. But um, is he a hero beforehand? Because what's he doing there? Maybe not. He's not renowned though. Maybe he's just mate. I mean, at this point, he's just a poet, so he yeah. probably doesn't know. He hasn't. I'm assuming he doesn't. Also, I'm also interested in Hercules. So Theseus, the slayer of the Minotaur. So we know this is set when Theseus has already filled the Minotaur to get some time into these myths. Is this before or after Hercules has done his twelve labors? I assume post. But then again, Hercules would have been quite powerful anyway. Anyway, yeah. I think we'll find out, uh, but I think it's post labors, I assume. Okay. Uh, but also, I love how you have Hercules, legendary warrior from the gods, Theseus, killed the Minotaur, Orpheus, a poet, yeah, who actually hasn't done anything yet, yeah. And beyond that, there's some other people you might recognise. Castor and Polydeuces, uh, known as the Gemini Twins. They were in the Caledonian Boar. Yes, they were. Wasn't Polydeuces the one that accidentally friendly-fired someone? <laughs> he <laughs> was, wasn't he? I think it was, actually, yeah. Wasn't it him that threw the spear, missed, and killed someone? I think it might be... Um, it, it might be, yeah, but I think... Um, yeah, I, uh, I remember we kept joking about Polydeuces because he kept... Yes, yeah, yeah, I think someone. it is it true. It was, definitely, But yeah. Castor and Polydeuces uh, or are quite uh, important for the next couple of myths as well in the future uh, uh, so they're known as Gemini Twins there was Atlanta uh, the, the gate 
the great huntress, you know, Atlanta. We know her from the Cardinal Vault, not named after the <laughs> of Atlanta. Uh, but she's she's a badass woman. Yeah, she, yeah. and like kind of a, like a warrior huntress. You know, I mean, she's pretty. She's also the most competent of all the. Yeah, well, in the Caledonian boar, she was the one that actually finally killed the boar. Uh, beyond that, there's Ismon and Mopsus, the winged brothers, Zetes and Calais, the fathers of many future Trojan war heroes, and many other fated to never return home. Henceforth, named after their ship, this band of heroes was known as the Argonauts. That's a pretty badass lineup, isn't it? Yes. That's like that's like that, no, that's probably Greek Avengers. That's Infinity. That's like War. Caledonian Boar Avengers plus some. So yeah, like Caledonian Boar is like Avengers One. This is like Avengers Infinity yeah. War. The only person they're missing is Perseus, probably. He's probably and Bellathon. It's like oh sorry, I am uh, I am flying off. I'm too busy. <laughs> and I do not want to go on your smelly ship. We also are missing the very you know, we we miss. He's very dear to our hearts, Brian the Eagle as well. Brian the Eagle's not here, maybe he'll turn up. Barry the Woodpecker can fuck right off. Uh, also, missing from the lineup. You're a Nome! You're a Nome! You're a Nome! So like, sorry, we're full on the Argonaut. Yeah. Uh, the the Argonaut's pretty full of heroes. Uh, who are you again? You're know Nome! Yeah. <laughs> no, our sisters was invited, but he's too, he missed the ship because he was too busy staring at himself in a mirror. <laughs> uh, no, sisters, no, mate, boat's leaving. One second! Yeah, one second! Yeah, oh, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> it's gonna be a while. Yeah. After the Argo was supplied with everything needed to set sail, Jason had spoken encouraging words to the throngs of people. Without further ado, the Argonauts, their mighty strength combined, dragged the Argo from its moorings down to the sea. Why is the boat already in the sea? You don't build it in the sea, do you? I would. <laughs> the Argonauts raised their sails. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you're not a dream boat specialist, so take that back. <laughs> The Argonauts raised their sails and sang songs to Artemis, saviour of ships. A stiff wind arose and pushed the Argo through the dashing seas. Fish, both great and small, surfaced off the bow to escort our heroes forth. What? It's being pushed by some fish. That's not how boats work, is it? It's not a chariot of fish, is it? It's not a chariot of fish. It's nice how it has like... Bunch of trout. <laughs> it's in the trout. <laughs> they haven't really learned that. They praise Artemis, but no other gods. Haven't they learned just to kind of like praise all of them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Soon their, their homeland disappeared beyond the horizon. It would be a perilous voyage to Colchis. Colchis. That's obviously the place they're going, Colchis. Colchis. Uh, the gods challenged the Argonauts with many trials and several perished in the dangers that lay ahead. Dum dum dum, and one of these dangers are women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the island of the Kingdom of Women. So this is the first place they arrive at, really. Uh, also, um, how just as a logistical thought, how would Jason get all these heroes on board? Because like they all seem to know each other, don't they? It's like the, the kind of the Justice League, if yeah. you know. What I mean, however, I assume they um, they blow the golden conch. <laughs> And everyone's like, <gasps> the golden conch, I am summoned. Like spinning yeah. newspaper. Uh, but, um, like, why are they doing this? Because it's just like, oh, Jason, are you going Are you going for exploits? No, I just need to prove to this guy, I don't really need to prove to that, yeah, I need to uh, do these challenges. So we go into certain death for no reason other than just a bit ego. These, these Greek heroes, they love, a, they love a challenge, don't they? It's yeah. all ego. It's all ego. 
Anyway, the perilous dangers. Also, I assume they they it would be a perilous vo- voyage to Colchis. How do they know? Is that, I assume that's where the Golden Fleece is. They just decided that. Oh, because yeah, I haven't really searched for it. It's obviously they? a long way. Yeah, they just gone. I think it's in Colchis. Where is that? Fucking miles away. Okay, <laughs> nothing happens on the way. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Nothing happens. I think they have to do trials first mm-hmm. and then do it. Uh, but so where's the first place they end up? The Argo sails strained for six days or two weeks <laughs> until the winds died with the setting sun and the crew was left to row uh, to the islands of Lemnos, an island inhabited only by jealous women who had, who had ruthlessly slain not only their adulterous husbands but all the men on the island. Okay, um... I think a guy definitely wrote this, didn't it? Because like, oh, yeah, these jealous women who didn't like their husbands cheating on them. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> Something a guy got dumped for me. <laughs> so, so, Helen, I love you. Um, so they end up on Lemnos, which I don't think is the same as Lesbos, which is a different women-only island, no. if you know what I mean. mean. LGBT rights. <laughs> anyway, their only queen, Hypsipyle, had spared her father... And set him adrift on the ocean in a casket, which is quite a statement. It was with great fear that the women of Lemnos watched the Argo, for they thought it had come in retribution for their crimes. As the ship docked, the women met in council and devised a plan to invite the Argonauts into their homes with gifts of food and wine and love. So they would once again have strong men to plough in the fields in times of peace and take up in arms of war. In in the uh, source material, the word plough is underlined. <laughs> it's like, to plough the field. It's like, okay, we get the imagery. Uh, um, so basically, the, the women want to, like, they want to invite them in. However, as we ma- mentioned before, Greek hospitality rights, to invite a people in with food and love and to strike them, this is really bad, this is bad, this is really um, sacrilege, if you know what I mean, the gods hate this stuff. <clears throat> so, thus, our heroes stayed on Lemnus for a year and sighed many children. Uh, when the Argonauts again took to their oars, Hypsipyle bid Jason, her lover, a tearful farewell and vowed that, should he return, her kingdom awaited his rule. So she's fallen in love with Jason. So, yeah, sorry, what, what was that devious plan? Like, we're going to murder them and stuff like that. What I really like about this is this whole time they're on this island, they're all fathering all these children. They've, they've hit the jackpot. What's Atlanta thinking? She's like, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, she's like, God oh, damn it, guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Should we be on the road? No, I'll stay here for a year. A year? What? There's nothing to do. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> Make friends or something. Oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joe, you know, maybe just start a club or something like yeah. that. Like, I do like the idea of that. She's fast becoming one of my favourite people yeah time. the idea that she's just like this she's so awesome at everything and she's like she's obviously very good friends with all these men but oh man the, she, she has to like, put up with that shit, shit all the time. time and the thing is she is way better than any <laughs> of them she's like guys oh come on come on I love the idea that she'd be sitting around like a meal and that, like you know the, these Lemnos women would be like so Atlanta just tell me a bit about yourself why are you with all these guys for great uh, adventure for an adventure because Without me, they'd all fucking die. And <laughs> she, yeah, she fulfills that role that yeah. she actually does all the hard work but gets none of the credit, if you know what I mean. Uh, but she... Imagine that this is a, Lemnos is a school disco. All the boys are making out of all the girls. And, and Atlanta is us two sat at the bench just kind of like, oh, no one... I also like the idea that some of the guys were like, at dinner, hey, Atlanta, do you mind like introducing me to... Oh. <laughs> 
And how are these? Being a wing woman for all her male friends yeah. that got off the boat, yeah. Also, it's massively dickish of the guys to. They stand there for a Also, you know that had this island been full of men, all the men would have been like, right, we're leaving. <laughs> it should have been like, but I've only just. Nah, gotta go. That's kind of what would happen if it was a bunch of old guys. Uh, they would dock. Mother everyone! Right, bye! And, <laughs> and I'm just like, I just met a nice guy. <laughs> Also, like, um, how dickish is it of the guys? Like, they stay there for a year, and, uh, and then they have sex with all these women multiple times inside many children in a year, which is quite impossible uh, if it's multiple children and the same lady. But that, they, they kind of, they get loads of kids, and they're like, okay, don't want to raise the kids, bye! <laughs> the whole island just leaves. It's just like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> that it what happened. They just had a... That the island, island is now full of loads of children that are actually all very closely related. Yeah. Because it's just a bunch of men have just had loads of babies. Such, oh my god, so the organizers are full of absolute douchebags, so you tell me. They're, they are they are full of the they're the jocks of the Greek world, aren't they? Anyway, um they go So that wasn't really a trial, was it? It was just have fun and sex for a year, isn't it? Uh, but they go on to do It's also weird to think that every child growing up on that island are all the same age. Yeah, yeah. What's your birthday? 10th of September. What about you? 9th of September. (laughs) Everyone's all born within like the same year. Yeah. So, they actually go on to actually do a perilous trial. Because that wasn't a perilous trial. What? Like being a farmer, is that a perilous trial? Anyway, what happens then? From Lemnos, the Argonauts sailed to the island of the Mount of Bears, where the hospitable king Zuckasuckasuckas and uh, the Dialenes sorry, no, their ship's door Zysicus he's a hospitality king and the king in dubstep Zysicus Zysicus so they're on the island, Mount of Bears the hospitable king Zysicus I'm going to say Zysicus of the Dialenes filled their ship stores with wine and sheep <laughs> The next morning, while King Zikus showed Jason a safe passage through the seas, they were attacked by six armed monsters. Fortunately, Heracles met them with bow in hand and felled them one by one like trees. Undeterred, the Argonauts boarded the Argo, loosened the moors and set sail on the rising tide. However, when night fell, the fickle winds pushed the unsuspecting crew backwards and they again cast ashore on the Man of Bears. He'd be right pissed off if you'd given the hospitality king, which is the worst superpower anyway, uh, ever, uh, if you were like, oh, here's all my stuff, have a nice flight, make sure you go right at the intersection and at night just come back. Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm not I have to give all the stuff again. Oh. So they've set sail and then just been blown backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the fish? The, Where's the fish openers? The Dialenes, mistaking the Argonauts for enemies, attacked. That night, many of the Dialini's champions were slain, including King Sikus, whose breastbones were shattered by Jason's spear. At dawn, when both sides realised the error, they arranged an elaborate funeral and mourned their fallen comrades for three days and three nights. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So they get on a ship. Bye! They leave. That (laughs) night, they get blown in a circle. Hey, assemble a ship! Land back and the island. Not one person's recognised that it's the same island and the same ship. Is that night? They think they're being attacked. They kill each other and then are like, "Oh shit!" Just us again. And not the victim blame here, but if he's the hospitality king and he just fires on sight anyway, that's a stupid move. That's not hospitality. Is Listen, it? Why did, did no one recognise each other during that whole fight? Yeah. So did no one be like, "Wait, Dave? Yeah, you know me? Yeah." 
but yeah, I think so. I, yeah, so so far, Jason hasn't really proved himself to be a hero because the only mythical thing is six armed monster, uh, which seems a little bit similar to uh, Skiller. Uh, also, are we just going to ignore the fact that whilst everyone else was getting off their tits on wine and sheep, Heracles was the only one that actually bothered to kill all those monsters? Yeah, so uh, that's the point I was making. But you crudely interrupted. Uh, no, what the point I was making is that Jason hasn't really done that much. He has killed. Basically, he's wed that like the queen and Olmnos, and also he's killed the king here. But he he hasn't. He's not a hero yet. Hercules is doing most of the legwork here, uh, and also Theseus hasn't done out as well. Uh, uh, maybe Orpheus has t- sang a song about it. I don't know. But it, <laughs> they ha- yeah, Hercules is not doing a lot. Anyway, <clears throat> the Argonauts' uh, next stop was Mycia, while the son of Zeus, Hercules, went in search of a tall and strong pine to replace the oar he had snapped during his lusty rowing. <laughs> lusty rowing. <laughs> Imagine pulling on a row so hard that you snap an oar. Oh. You used to be you used to do rowing. Yes. Can be done. Oh, really? Uh, how 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 easy is it? Not if it was in the water, that would be insane. But yeah. to um, you could snap it on like a rock or something. Yeah. But yeah, well, hopefully it must have been properly going. Lusty. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever been lusty whilst rowing down? Yes, all the time. <laughs> That's how we row, isn't yeah. it? He went in search for a pine, and his companion Hylas was kidnapped as he was fetching water. For such was his beauty that a water nymph fell in love with him and spirited him away. When Hercules returned to find that Hylas was missing, he hurled his tree aside, bellowed in anger like a mad bull, and charged after his lover. At the same time, a favourable breeze stirred, and Typhus, skilled in foretelling the weather, urged the Argonauts to set sail. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. At dawn, it was with heavy hearts that Jason and the Argonauts realised that they had unwittingly... And I'm going to emphasise, unwittingly... Uh, left behind their bravest and strongest warrior. And so it was fated that Hercules was to leave the Argo and perform the twelve labours set forth by Hera and to eventually become immortalised and join the ranks of the gods on loft, uh, on so the Mount he hasn't done the Olympus. He hasn't done the labours yet. No, not yet. But <laughs> So they were like, ooh, it's a bit nippy out here. Should we set sail? But we're leaving Hercules. Uh, yeah, the one guy, they, they, they probably the strongest guy on board the ship. But Typhus slept. But you know it's a bit windy. It's, like, it's a mild breeze, mate. Like, but so that's a stupid mistake from him because he's literally done all the hard work. So yeah. far. But at least it's a little bit of backstory for Hercules, and it's a little bit of a water nymph. And it shows him a slightly more heroic thing because he's gone to save someone other than himself as well. Yes. Uh, but how pissed off of Hercules be? He's like, where are you going? Of course. Gets back to the beach. This. Like, oh, really, <laughs> really. But because the as an Aegean people specialist, because it, it takes two weeks, they're only just out the harbour. <laughs> if you know what I mean, He's like, uh, bye. It's actually quicker to swim. Anyway, so they go on on a favourable breeze. Also, right, just as a heads up, by the way, they they why is time of the essence when they're there? They're like, oh, we've got to make a move on. But they spent a fucking year in a like in a, on land loss. There's, there's no. Time isn't... Uh, That's so true. Yeah, it's because yeah. this island isn't full of horny women. <laughs> Just trees and pines. <laughs> yeah. And they tried to the shag him, but no. <laughs> anyway. For a day and a night, the wind bore the ship onward to the land of the... Bebricans. Bebricans, where King Amicus, 
who had slain many men, ruled that no man should leave without first meeting him in the boxing ring. So, with great scorn and arrogance, King Amicus confronted the Argonauts and challenged the bravest men among them to raise his hands in battle. Now, that obviously wasn't Hercules because they left him on an island so they had to get the second bravest. <laughs> we just left it. We could have nailed this. I love the idea he'd be like, right, to be allowed access to my kingdom, one of you must fight me in the ring. Be like, Hercules, you're... Ah, oh, shit, I forgot about that. Oh, crap. The one time. <laughs> Do you reckon this, this actually sounds like like an immigration policy that Trump might have. You had to fight me in a boxing ring, okay? Imagine that, like, immigrants fighting Donald Trump. That'd be quite funny. But it's a, it's a weird immigration policy, isn't it? Yeah. Enraged, Polyducey stepped forward to champion his brethren. They marked off a square in the sand and donned oxhide boxing gloves. In contrast to each other, Amicus appeared as a monstrous son of the earth, while Polyducey's appeared as a bright star in heaven. The formidable foes let loose a fury of blows. Amicus taunted Polyducey's and rushed at him like a wave upon a ship, eager to dash the life out of him. However, Polyducey's said not a word, returning blow for blow, while searching for his opponent's weaknesses. So it's a bit more... I feel like Amicus is just a big, just hitting hard. Polyducey's is like... Tactical. A Mayweather, he's tactical, he's ducking and diving. Mm-hmm. Should, we, should we do it as like uh, ring announcers? And they're off, and they, oh, a couple of blows are right there. Oh, uh, he misses, but Polynice, he is returning, and KO. Stuff like that. I don't know what actually happens, so. Yeah, I, don't know. I was going to say, you should probably find out what yeah. happens before you do that. A heavy din of thumping heads and clattering teeth arose, drowning out the crowd. Then Amicus rose to his full height and dealt a crushing blow. The Polyducey step-sided and with a quick movement boxed Amicus in the ear, breaking the bones within. And Amicus fell to the ground with the life poured out of him. At the death of their king, the Uh, Bebricans rushed at Polyducey's, but in their path stood the Argonauts and a great battle ensued. Soon the Bebricans were trampling over themselves as they fled home. However, the Bebicans had many enemies, and upon hearing the King Amicus' death, they were already laying waste to the Bebericans' kingdom. A lot happened in the space of yeah. an hour. What did King Amicus actually think would happen? Oh, it turned into a boxing match. And then he hey. gets killed. <clears throat> yeah, and everyone's like, well, this is unfair. Like, well, what the hell? You killed him. That's, the, that's what he wanted me to do. You about to kill me. Yeah. And... Also, I love as soon as that guy dies, that their enemies are like, we're going to invade you now. Why wouldn't they let the hospitality king just murder everyone on site, you know? I also like the idea that Polyduce steps forward and he's like a little bit smaller than, than the king and the king's yeah. like, I've got this. But the Argonauts are all like, uh, when do we tell everyone he's actually like a champion boxer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His name was Mike Tyson. <laughs> anyway, um... This is the final part of the first uh, of the first section, and so uh, he leaves the the Brebicans, and the Argus' next landfall was the home of the once renowned king, King Phineas, the prophet who was cursed by Zeus with blindness, lingering old age, and tormented by harpies. And the harpies are these raucous birds with the heads of old women and razor sharp claws. Uh, the harpies are also quite uh, a filthy animal, so like if they scratch you, they leave like like dirt in your skin and stuff like that. Yeah. They're, they're grim and they smell. They're really foul, and that's not a pun. Um, <laughs> uh, but they're they're you know, quite dirty things. And the harpies would usually would sometimes work for the underworld, and they would go up uh, above land to torment people who have done injustices. So the gods would send them out, and they would torment people who have done wrong. Uh, also, uh, King Phineas, his prophet. 
he has quite a lot going on. So he's a king and a prophet and has birds tormenting him. Uh, but why are all prophets blind? Because the gods can't reverse blindness. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, I can, I can make perps come back to life, but not blindness. <laughs> as soon as Phineas would begin to eat, the harpies would swoop down with the speed of the west wind and snatch the food from Phineas's hand. And when they had their fill, they would defecate on the leftovers. <laughs> that was a dick move. <laughs> I realised the harpies are my uh, family members at Christmas time. <laughs> So they would shit all over the leftovers. Such was the loathsome odour that no mortal could have gone near. Uh, but Phineas was also cursed with the insatiable appetite. Oh no, and the harpies left enough putrid morsel for him to survive the torment. I thought he was going to eat shit Yeah, then I. Oh my god. That's, that's probably messed up right there. Uh, but why is he being punished though? It says he's cursed by Zeus, but we don't know why. He probably stubbed his toe on Phineas's door once. But, oh, I, that's it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, as soon as the Argonauts approached, Phineas hobbled to the door to greet them. For, for he had prophesied their coming and partaking of his food. So old and weak was he that his bones were held together by only skin and gristle. And when the Argonauts saw his shriveled form slumped in his threshold, his court in the threshold of his courtyard they took pity on him as the most wretched being they had ever seen in their life Zetes and Kale were moved to tears straight away the Argonauts prepared a feast to bait the harpies as soon as Phineas lays his hands upon the food cackling harpies appeared like bolts of lightning they devoured everything in a flash leaving behind a putrid mess Zetes and Kale, descendants of the North Wind, pursued instantly and chased the harpies to a faraway land where they would never bother Phineas again. Afterwards, everyone celebrated in the grand feast, and as a reward, Phineas used his gift of prophecy to counsel the Argonauts in their future journey. Oh uh, yeah, I forgot they had wings, Zetes and Kale. Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, how they were able to fly and chase them. Yeah, so it, it seems like, again, Jason hasn't done anything so far, no, has he? Hasn't, he? No, no. Uh, but as nice that they actually helped Phineas, you know, this is actually a nice success story. If you know what I mean, that they actually um, do something uh, constructive. Also, do Zetes and Kala return, or do they leave them behind as well? Or I assume been... they come back. They're just off chasing the harpies. Yeah, but it's, yeah, well, that's cool. But it's nice that all the Fini- uh, all the harpies need is uh, just to be chased off. Like shoot, shoot, go on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of this myth, and we're going to rank it right now. Hi Matt. So Dan, what do you think of this myth? It's a good little myth. Nice little part one. Yes, we've got two, uh, this is quite a long thing, isn't it? So I've done a few things. So, uh, we rank this in four different ways. Life skills, <laughs> morals, we also have creativity and a WTF factor. We're going to rank them in reverse order today, Dan. WTF. Oh, this is a curveball. WTF, uh, pretty messed up. I think it's pretty messed up as well. Uh, but to start last, the Phineas and the Harpies and shitting all over his food. That's yeah, that's pretty messed up. up. Actually, I feel really weird. blind, poor Phineas. Yeah. Uh, the Six that aren't monster. The fact that they left Hercules when they didn't need to. Um, the fact that he uh, 
Polidusi's box someone to Yeah, and no one was anticipating him losing, so then they were like, oh shit. And then people invaded their army. The fact that they had sex with these uh, women... They decided for a whole year. Even though they planned to, like, it was part of their plan, they fell in love with them anyway. Again, this is another example of women just falling in love with their male captors, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, the fact that Jason didn't kill the person straight away when they came in. Uh, yeah, that was a bit weird. Uh, the fact that uh, they killed the hospitality king, uh, which <laughs> yeah, that was a bit messed up. The fact that they just got blown backwards, under, and no one recognised that they'd just been blown backwards. I think there's a lot of human instances of messed up. There's some mythical ones, like the Six Arms Monster and the Furies, but um, I think it's more to do with like the weirdness of the story as opposed to the weirdness of the fantastical moments of it. Yeah. So, what do you think? As in, as in, out of ten? Yes. Out of ten? Probably a six or seven? I'd have to say seven. Okay. But, uh, are you happy with a seven? I'm happy with a seven. That's oh. a lot going on. Yeah, because there's a significant amount, but it's not mind-blowing. Yeah. Creativity is high, by the way. Creative? Yeah, well, this, yeah, I think this is pretty good. Take us through it, Dan. Well, creative because it's got a very good... I like this with these good narratives. Yes. There's a proper adventure. There's heroes... There's shipbuilding, there's gods, there's different kings, there's different... It's like Lord of the Rings, they're going to like different areas. Each... And each place is different with a different story as well. Like in, um, yeah, uh, the Hospitality King, uh, obviously he's uh, King Amicus, the boxing yeah. one, uh, the Lemnos, and that, the initial land, uh, Ilocus as well. Uh, there's a lot of different kings and queens and monsters as well. And the fact there's so many heroes on the same ship... Uh, and the reason they're all together is highly creative as well. Uh, it's like, again, it's like a, a Avenger kind of thing as well. And I also like how they let Hercules go off to have his own franchise as well. So he's such a, a popular character. He's essentially like the Black Panther of the group, if you know what I mean. Yeah. There's a lot of, actually, there's a lot of, lo- that's a very loaded statement. So I'm going to just say that. But you know what I mean? Um, so I, what, do, what rank do you reckon? Creativity, well, there was a lot happening here. Um, I think an eight. I think eight's fair, you know, I think it's good. And uh, morals. Well, let's, let's not crazy high. Let's have a look. Uh, we learn to ditch our kids after a year. Yep. We learn how to impregnate women multiple times. Yep. We learn, please don't, Sorry. Virus, don't lock up your... Brother, if you if you if he's the right to the throne. True. We learnt that uh, don't leave a man behind on that island when he's yeah. trying to do a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, don't harass blind people. <laughs> Wait, that's moral. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, we learnt that uh, doing the right thing can be very profitable, like uh, like uh, helping Phineas uh, on this journey as well. We learnt that. Um, be careful if someone comes... Don't attack someone straight away, because that might not end up in a good way. Uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, you have to pay... We also learned that don't try and deceive your family, just because, uh, you know, you're going to end up... Uh, prof- also, help old ladies cross rivers as well. Help old ladies cross rivers. Yeah. Also, if you need something doing, just make sure you get loads of people that are better at it than you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Don't yeah. do anything. He's a slacker, is he? Yeah, Jason hasn't really done much. Jason, I mean, I suppose he's a leader. Yeah, but he's like he's the binding definition... Everyone, he's of, binding everyone together, isn't he? He's the definition of middle management, isn't he? He doesn't do anything, but he takes all the credit, if you know what I mean. What do you think? I think it's higher than you give it credit for. I reckon. I have a six or a seven. You think it's a six or a seven? 
I think more of four or five. No, it's a, honestly, a, a significant amount there. I think, but they're not so much. They're not hard hitting morals, though, are they? I don't think they're that hard hitting. Help old lady across the street. Is that a big moral? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's don't leave a man behind. That's not a massive moral. You think of other myths. They've been huge morals, but they're still. You know that like morals like such as everything has consequences. Karma. What goes around comes around. I still think it's significant now. How about we? Meet in the middle and call it a five. I still think six... Yeah, five. Five, five then. If you're happy, then. And finally, life skills. What practical things did we learn? Learn how to build a ship. Learn how to build a ship. Learn how to have talking mumba- talking t- timber. Learn how to have talking timber. Uh, learn how to fight with harpies. Yes, we'll learn how to fight six armed beasts. Learn how to... Uh, Kill someone with his spears and arrows. Learn how to uh, uh, learn the Greek hospitality rights. Yeah. Then ignored them. <laughs> yeah. Um, we learned uh, uh, how to enlist people on your journey. We also learned how to delay your death by a couple of months by sending your uh, your nephew on a dangerous task. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also learned how to knit a golden fleece. Did we learn how to knit the golden fleece? No. Did you read that? No. Yeah. I, I just tried to try to do something called a joke. <laughs> Um, we learnt um, learnt that fish can help bring chariots yeah uh, we learnt how to have sex with ladies yeah ladies we learnt how to get um, the queen on side we learnt how to have children uh, we learnt how to leave children we learnt how to box we learnt how to tell the weather yes yeah that's a good one we learnt how to box uh, parasly we learnt food hygiene as well we learnt food hygiene don't defecate on food you're about to eat which you know, uh, it's it's a tradition. So I think it's a decent, especially like there's a, literally a physical thing of building this ship as well. Like yeah. it's a literal like thing. Like uh, so, I think maybe seven or eight. I think seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, should we push for eight? I think we'll go for eight. Yeah, because it's decent. It's definitely decent. So we had eight for life skills, five tomorrows. Seven for creativity. Was it eight for creativity? Eight for creativity. Is seven for WTF. What, what, was it eight or seven? I can't remember. It was eight, wasn't it? Yeah, eight. And seven for creativity. Sorry, eight for, uh, seven for WTF is what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's because we did it backwards, yeah, so sorry. I'm trying to remember what we did it forwards. We'll never ever do it backwards no. ever again. But next next week, we're going to do it morals, creativity, lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so we have eight, five, eight, seven equals 28. Boom! Not the highest. Boom! But I feel that it's gonna boom. get. And you're just gonna keep on saying boom. Yeah. Smashing it. Yeah, I say I think uh, this is. A sm- I think we're gonna get more into it in the next episode and thereafter as well. Still very good though. Yeah, I think it's a good podcast. Uh, are you excited to see what happens later on? Yeah, they're only a third of the way through their journey. And I think there's a lot happening already. If you know what I mean? It's, it's quite a fun tale. If you know what I mean. Uh, but Dan, why don't you tell people how they can get involved? Uh, go on Twitter at Miss Podcast or on Facebook also Miss Podcast, or you can email us um, at Miss po- No Miss Podcast at gmail dot com. Well, that was laziness. Oh, Miss Podcast. Wait, what the fuck is that? Podcast? Yeah, what's that email? Um, miss Podcast at gmail dot com. What kind of things can people send to us, Dan? They can send us uh, myths they want read out. Yeah. They can send us thoughts on the myths. We always like feedback on what you know. Maybe even their. Uh, if they didn't disagree with any of the things we yes. made, if they think that we um, ranked something incorrectly, if we think we missed out a vital bit of information, um, 
or just some thoughts, any hilarious musings perhaps you think about. We really need them. Yeah. Um, or just, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, also just come and say hello. Just we'd, come we'd and say, just to say you enjoy it would be yeah. nice, or you and, don't enjoy it. Any tips? Yeah. If you fucking hate this, um, well. And where you're listening from. We always, I'm always interested to know where people are when they're listening to Myths. Because I think we have some new fans in America. Yeah. yeah. Where's and, the weirdest place you've listened to Myths podcast? Yeah. Uh, maybe in the airport, or in the desert or on a mountain where is the weirdest place you listen to our podcast Dan? I don't listen to our podcast once it goes out that's really inspiring (laughs) (laughs) why not why don't you no I I mean in my house on the train that's about all the only times I've really it's very self-indulgent to to listen to a a podcast that we listen to a lot I mean I I think how many times we listen to each episode we do it then we edit it then we you know what I mean yeah, but uh, if you're not like Dan um, and you want to listen to all our episodes twice over, good for you. You know, tell us where you've listened to the weirdest place you've listened to Miss Podcast, and also um, please give us five stars on iTunes because uh, the more you rate us, um, the more that we um, get, get uh, boosted in the charts and the more downloads we get. So if you enjoy this, please give us five star ratings and whatever plan, platform you listen to, and also tell a friend in person. Go, hey, Mitch. Um, you be Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. No, no, I, I, I. Knock, knock. The, what, what, what's happened here? You, you've got off the rails. I've been this conversation. Okay, uh, who's uh, Mitch, though? I'm confused. You, you're Mitch, and I'm a person about to give you a suggestion. Oh, uh, okay. Hi, Mitch. How's it going? Good, thank you. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Listen to myths! And you'll be like... Dude, my, my wife just died. This is the worst place to tell you at a funeral, but, like, you know, I just... Uh, well, if it's that good, I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> this is the best. Everybody, food. stop the funeral. Look, we all love Janet, but. Gotta listen to Miss, apparently. That's a death. I don't want to listen to Miss. For... God damn it, Roger, sit down. I thought it was Janet in her casket. Miss <laughs> is really good! Ooh. And they push the button to blow her into the. <laughs> Alright, uh, before we go, come and see me at Edinburgh Fringe, please. Um, I've given the dates out before, but go to www.mattoscomedy to find all the fringe dates are there. Please come and see me. I am uh, would love to see you there. Tell me you're a Miss fan as well. Come and see me at 7 to 8 uh, at the Free Broomsticks at, um, yeah, I'm 51 um, Southbridge, and I'm doing my show called Lovell's Latest Host. I'm also doing two compilation shows, which you can find more details at at www.mattoscomedy.com. Dan, anything else you want to add at the end of the podcast? No, it's a little myth. Roll on part two in the trout. What? It's in the trout, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Myths. Myths. So Peleus has locked his brother up, his stepbrother, in a, who's the rightful heir to the throne, in yeah. a dungeon. Meanwhile, his stepbrother, who's locked in the dungeon, hashtag Joseph Futsal, um, has... No, no. <laughs> you can't just insert that into the myth, okay, Dad? Like, we, before we did this podcast, we thought, oh, we might mention a documentary. Keep it tasteful, Dan. No. <laughs>